Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behaviour, sleep and more. There can be a lot of judgment around the way we give birth, with a fair amount of that heaped on women who have caesareans. Now research from Murdoch Children's Institute has put to bed one theory that caesarean births lead to a higher chance of allergies in later life. Associate Professor Rachel Peters is an epidemiologist and was the lead researcher on the study. Hi, Rachel. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. So when I say allergies later in life, I do mean allergies in children, which which are on the rise, aren't they? Yeah, that's correct. And our particular research focuses on food allergy and in particular IgE-mediated food allergy. So that's um, the type of food allergy that causes reactions like hives and vomiting um, and potentially breathing difficulties. Why did you look at this particular issue in terms of allergies? A lot of our research has been trying to understand why food allergies have been on the rise over the last sort of 10 to 20 years. Um, and we're looking at a lot of different pathways of how this could happen. And, and one thing that did pop up on our radar was um, how babies were born, because the rate of caesarean sections has increased over the last 20 to 30 years. And that's mirrored the same time that we've seen the food allergies increase as well. So there was that sort of ecological or temporal evidence, but then there's also was a plausible biological mechanism. So we know that babies who are born by a caesarean have a different microbiome, and so that's the composition of their gut bacteria. So babies who are born by a caesarean have a different microbial composition in their gut compared to babies who are born by a vaginal delivery. Um, And we also see in young children with food allergy that they have a different microbial um, composition compared to babies or young children who don't have a food allergy. And this microbial composition of the gut is actually really important for the developing immune system and imbalances in this microbial bacteria in the gut can uh, skew the immune system towards a more of an allergic phenotype. So we had both kind of temporal evidence suggesting an association as well as a plausible mechanism. Okay, so how did you go about uh, putting this study together? Because you can't always know when a woman's going to have a caesarean. Um, How do you actually set up a study like this? Yeah, that's a great question. So this is part of a longitudinal study called the Health Nut Study. And we actually recruited over 5,000 one-year-old infants um, in the community in Melbourne from immunisation sessions over a four-year period. Um, We've been following these children up as they grow older as well. But when we first recruited them, they underwent some um, allergy testing. So they had a skin prick test, which tests whether they're sensitised to a food. And if that came up as positive, then they came into the children's hospital for an oral food challenge. And this is the gold standard method for diagnosing food allergy. So we had our cohort of 5,000 children who had these challenge confirmed food allergy outcomes. So we knew if they had a food allergy or not. We then... um, Could I just interrupt for a minute? Yes, absolutely. Um, What exactly does the oral food challenge involve? I I feel like it's self-explanatory, but then it kind of terrifies me if it is exactly as it sounds. (laughs) 
Yes, it probably is as it sounds. Um, So it involves giving a very small amount of the food that the child is potentially allergic to and giving increasing doses over sort of a 15 to 20 minute interval. The idea is that we can see either if the child eats all the doses without having a reaction, in which case they're tolerant, or um, they may have an allergic reaction. And this test even though it is the gold standard, it must be done in um, a medical facility with medical care on hand because um, children can have adverse reactions. Okay, so sorry for that interruption. Please continue. Not at all. (laughs) So when a mother gives birth, the hospitals collect a lot of data. They routinely collect data on what happens during the mother's birth. So the type of delivery, what time labour initiated, whether any medications were used, things like that. So all this data is actually stored. And we were able to link our Health Nut study data to this data so that we had really accurate measurements of what happened um, when the baby was born. And then we were able to look at whether there was an an association between mode of delivery and um, food allergy developing in one-year-old children. So what I was saying in the introduction to this chat was that women can often feel very judged or feel like they've failed if they have a cesarean. And I know that there is greater knowledge about the microbial exposure. You know, people um, have talked about if you have a cesarean, you should get the doctor to almost like do a pap smear and then lather it over your child, which some people might be a bit funny about, but then they're saying, well, this is the way your baby will get that kind of exposure that it needs. But in this particular case, when it came to food allergies, you didn't find that there was any link, did you? That's right. So we found that being born by a cesarean did not increase the baby's chance of having a food allergy. Um, And we also found that there was no difference in the likelihood of a food allergy if the caesarean was an emergency or an elective procedure or whether the caesarean occurred before or after labour had started. So I'd hope that this news would actually be really reassuring to mothers and to parents that needing to have a caesarean is not going to impact your child's risk of developing an allergy. Which is great to have one of those... um theories or or concerns knocked off the list. And I know this isn't your particular area of expertise, but are you aware of where microbial exposure is a positive thing for children? Yeah. So we actually see that young babies who grow up with older siblings or that they grow up with pet dogs, for example. So both these factors will increase the baby's exposure to microbes and germs in the environment. These children are are actually at a lower risk of developing food allergies. Wow. Okay, everyone, go out there and either procreate more or get a dog. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know what I'd choose at this stage of my life. Um, Yeah, me too. (laughs) you You also found that some children will grow out of their food allergy. Can you tell us a bit more about that? So um, in Australia, we have the unfortunate title of being the food allergy capital of the world. And in particular in Melbourne, we've found that one in 10 babies develop a food allergy by 12 months of age. So egg allergy has been the most common food allergy in Melbourne with around 9% of babies having an an allergy to raw eggs. And peanut allergy is the next most common with around 3% being allergic to peanut. So I mentioned our health nut study a little bit earlier, and that's where we got this prevalence data from. 
Now, we've been following these children as they grow older. So we've seen them all when they've turned four and when they've turned six. And at these follow-ups, we measure whether the children still have a food allergy or not. Um, And we were very pleased to be able to show that, in fact, not all food allergy is lifelong and that around 90% of raw egg allergy actually resolves by the time the children were six years old and around 30% of peanut allergy resolved by the time the children were six. Which is wonderful news. Absolutely. I would also hope that this news would be really reassuring for families as well, that if um, you have a young child who does have an egg allergy, um, that their prognosis is is quite good. If we go back to the information you've discovered about caesarean births and allergies, how does this impact uh, future research and I guess outcomes for children with allergies? Yeah, well, I hope that this news will really help to assist caregivers when they're evaluating the risks and benefits of needing to perform a caesarean delivery. And I hope that it will also help provide reassurance for mothers who need to have or choose to have these interventions, um, that there's little evidence that their baby will be at an increased risk of food allergy. So, I mean, that's that's one aspect of it. Um, the other aspect is that we can in a sense, tick off caesarean births off our list, but there is still a lot more research we need to do to understand why there is so much food allergy in Melbourne. Rachel, thank you so much for your time today. Great. Thank you so much. That's Associate Professor Rachel Peters, epidemiologist and team leader in population allergy research at the Murdoch Children's Research Institute in Melbourne. And if you're interested in more info on allergies, you may want to check out episode 1515, where Heidi Young, a clinical nurse specialist in childhood allergy, talks about all the things you need to know as a parent of an allergic child. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Feed, Play, Love. If you did, please rate, review or favourite. That way you'll get all the new episodes, plus we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, email me at feedplaylove at listener.com. Bye for now.